Welcome to Geek Card, right here on geekcardshow.com. Now here are your hosts, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Art, friends, where every time I look around, it's in my face. I'm your host, Andrew Young. With me, as always, is Mr. Green. That is correct. I am always in your face. Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be another year of it. It's 2024, people. Yeah. In it, on it, around it. You're living I'm it. Getting, Jesus. I'm just getting a headache thinking yeah. about it. Uh-huh. My God. <laughs> God, this year's going to be great. No, but anyways... We do have a great show for you tonight because, as always, we are doing our best of the best. We're doing our first episode of the year looking back at the last year, looking at the best comics, TV shows, and movies of 2023, giving you our picks and getting you ready for the year to come. And, of course, it's not just me and Mr. Green that do this. We always have our very trusty helpful panel of judges with us. First, coming back to the program is a man who uh, we established the last time he was on. He actually filled in for Mr. Green uh, during um, the little problem that happened back in March uh, (laughs) that uh, when in doubt, I go to the box that I keep this man in and I pull him out to do the show. Uh, It's just him in there with a little computer so he can write new comics every week with us for uh, geekcardshow.com. It is the third man of Geek Card, Mr. Chris Johnson. Hey, thanks for having me, and uh, thanks for letting me out of the box. It was was ripe. Well, I thought, you know, it's like like a little late Christmas gift. Fantastic. Yeah, Yeah, you know, freedom. Freedom. Yeah, freedom is nice. Totally. Nice to breathe fresh air and fucking see you assholes and the wonderful patula and uh you know start the year off right that's right and our second yes our second judge (laughs) she is the uh i'd say the voice of reason on the back issue bloodbath podcast let me say that again she's the voice of horniness on the back (laughs) issue bloodbath podcast (laughs) and uh, of course is also you can find her at inatiff.com welcome back to the program patula neal how you doing? Yeah, I'm very happy to see everyone. What a great way to start another year. We survived the last one, mostly for me by staying inside and reading and watching things. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Well, smart. because of that, really smart. looking forward to your picks tonight, Petula, since you probably have the biggest list of us all because of all <laughs> the hibernation and being indoors. Yes. Yep. Yeah, so it's gonna be it's just gonna be a look back at some of the best comics, television, and movies that twenty twenty three had to offer. It's all coming your way, but right now we're gonna take a quick break. This is Geek Card. everybody jimmy the short order cook here asking you what's better than listening to geek card answer listen to geek card while wearing a geek hard t-shirt and there's a place you can get them at 
tpublic.com slash user slash geekard. We got a bunch of great shirts there. We got geekard shirts. We got a Mr. Green's Tasty Meat shirt. Hell, we got a Back Issue Bloodbath shirt. For all your geek needs with your geek merch, you want to go to tpublic.com slash user slash geekard. I'm not just asking you. I'm telling you. Welcome back to Geek Card on GeekCardShow.com. Now back to your host, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Card, friends. Andrew Young and Mr. Green here on our best of the best of 2023 episode. Green, are you ready to look back at the year that was? Uh, yeah, not for this first segment, but yeah, for the rest of the show, absolutely, I will. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because this is the same. I'm retired. Green, Green doesn't have to do anything. Back in the day, we used to have a uh, a panelist. Yes. Uh, known at the time as uh, I believe Chris called her the first lady of Geek Card, Adrian Cress. Where when we'd start to talk about comics and when we do this in the studio, she'd turn to the corner and play with like an electrical box that was yeah. on, on the that's wall. Correct. That's correct. So front row Green, seat for that. So. Green, do you have an electrical box that you can play with while we do this segment? Uh, I don't. I do have a jumbo binder clip, and I've got a lighter. And, uh, well, I can clean out the leather box. Maybe that's what I'll do while you guys are talking. Well, well, well you, you know you know what that you know what that says to me, Andrew? That says to me that uh, we all know what the perfect gift is for Green next Christmas. Just get him a fucking replica electrical box to play with. <laughs> Look at this segment. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say some kitty litter. No, because <laughs> he brought up that. I'll, no, I'll take I'll take kitty litter because That's... that would be useful. He would get something out of that. You got you got to get him some fucking dog shit like uh, electrical box. I got him. cat oh. shit already. I just well, I don't need dog shit. Well, I had something for you. I have these little Pokemon cookies I took at work, and I was nice. like, I won't eat them till I show them to you. But you can't play with them because they're with me. And each each package, he was doing something like adorable. He was winking on nice. one, and he was like just giggling on another one. Yeah, so so there that we remi- go. So... That reminds me, I got <laughs> then I got something to do. You guys go ahead and do this segment. I'm gonna go take care of something. Yeah, <laughs> gonna go oh. look for some Pokemon. Or... <laughs> yeah. Do some Pokemon going or what are we? Talking yeah, about? go go, go catch them all. Go fucking. So of course, go as fight. I mentioned, our panel of judges, Petula Neal and Chris Johnson, are here with us, and we're gonna look back. At the best of the best in comics for 2023. And this year, it was an interesting year of comics. If you want to hear a more in-depth look at 2023's comics, you can go take a listen to the Back Issue Bloodbath Best Comics of 2023 episode, which we dropped a couple of weeks ago. Myself and Petula Neal, we talked about the best hero, best villain, uh, tons of great stuff there. But now this is we saved the big awards for the mm. best of the best of 2023 starting yeah. off with the best comic book series that came out in 2023 mr chris johnson what's your pick for best comic book series of 2023 uh my best uh comic book my pick for best comic book series of 2023 is damn them all uh which is a really like okay we all know i love horror shit that's not a surprise but 
this is a book where I feel like when they were marketing it, uh, I don't know. So whoever wrote this, the, it was like, you know, this this woman is uh, she's a badass occultist and she's trying to catch 72 demons and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what is this? A fucking riff on like Reaper with some female lead. This is lame. Uh, but then you read the book and you're like, oh, wait, no, this is Cy Spurrier doing some really interesting uh, middle fingers to the folks at D.C. for, you know, cutting his uh, Hell, Hellblazer run short uh, by basically taking uh, the character of, of John Constantine and killing him off within the first issue and having his uh, uh, badass niece uh, be the lead for the rest of the series. Uh, it's 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 like if you took. Uh, the early Guy Ritchie stuff and mashed it together with Constantine uh, and then threw in a bunch of fucking demons and uh, really interesting occult uh, demonology stuff, uh, you get this book. So it's it's awesome. It, you know, the artist Charlie Adlard, Adlard uh, the artist from um, uh, Walking Dead, is supplying the art. Cy Spurrier, as I mentioned, is a writer. And uh, yeah, man, it's a great series. You should check it out. All righty. There we go. Petula. I have a feeling I might know what your pick is for best comic of the year, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, it's one that I talked about, but I feel like I thought you would pick that. So I did pick it in the other one of the other categories. Okay. But for my best, I did go with Sirens of the City. Okay. Uh, that's from Boom, uh, written by Joanne Starr and art by Carrie Randolph. And it was... Well, first of all, it was one of those ones where I was, when I was still on the Bird app, I would pick <laughs> things and bookmark things based on just the way covers looked without doing any reading at all about it ahead of time. And I put that in my pull list. So I got like the initial compliment because they had to get it transferred from another location of Planet X. And it took a while to come in. And then the young girl at the store was like, oh, I always like to see what you've got in your box. But a boom. <laughs> so uh so got like the comic book store people approval even before I, I got my first couple of issues and then i understood why because it again to your point chris kind of like you think oh we've seen this before because you got like this young girl she's got kind of a punk aesthetic it's like very very spider punk her look actually and you know she's dating a guy that she doesn't know a lot about surprise pregnancy and then you bring in this world of like, turns out she's got some kind of supernatural situation. So does the baby daddy and the combination of them reproducing is making a baby. A lot of people want to get their hands on. So the fact that it just happened to come out now and that's a lot of this is about like body autonomy and like, what does she want to do? She doesn't even get a chance to sort of stop and think about it because all this other stuff is happening around her. So you have a supernatural story. You have, this kind of my boyfriend really likes me. I really like him, but also this is a mess. His family's a mess. Mine's a mess. So it's a bit of like Romeo and Juliet. The art is great. They do a lot with sort of using the people's different powers to inform what the color story is. And it's just a banger top to bottom. I love it. Well, there you go. That's great. My pick is, uh, is actually a DC comic for this one. Oh, it's wow. one that uh, started coming out uh, this fall, and uh, I was excited about it, I, but I didn't realize it was going to be as good as it was, and that is uh, Birds of Prey. Basically, the current, uh, current roster is Black Canary, Zealot, Big Barda, Harley Quinn, 
and um, one of the Batgirls, uh, Cassandra Cain. Cassandra Cain, Batgirl. And uh, they, they're a team that's come together to help out Black Canary's sister, Sin. They have to break into Themyscira and get Sin out of there before the Amazons know what's happening because there's another like force that is trying to get at Sin that the Amazons don't know about. But of course, it's easier said than done. And it leads to a lot of like crazy fights. You got a lot of Birds of Prey versus the Amazons. Now you got a moment where Birds of Prey are kind of working with the Amazons. It is nonstop action. The artwork by Leonardo Romero is amazing. And of course, it's written by Kelly Thompson. So there's a lot of really cool dialogue and very distinct character traits. So a lot of fun, Birds of Prey. Was, uh, was my pick for 2023, and I'm looking forward to see where the series goes in 2024. But now we move to the best writer in comics in 2023. Mr. Chris Johnson, for years you had the same names over and over again, but <laughs> in the past couple of years you've been switching up a bit. Yeah. So now let's see what your pick is for this year. Well, my my it's, it shouldn't really be that much of a surprise uh, given the top book, but the top book, the top writer is uh, Cy Spurrier, who who is not somebody who I've been like a huge gigantic fan of uh, ever before. To be perfectly honest with you, I've enjoyed his work, but not it's never been like blowing my brains out of the back of my head. However, I like this book, damn them all. Really, it's like it's hitting all those spots for me, man. It's it's got it's it's hitting all those the, the right notes. And uh, I've loved every issue, and nothing else that I've read this year has come close. So uh, he he gets the the nod this time around. So All another right. new entry. <laughs> Good for you, man. I'm proud into of the you. stable. Hey, listen, I'm proud you of know? you for diversifying your choices. That's oh, good. we all got to grow, you know. Eventually, we all grow, you know. Definitely. So, Patula, what's your pick <laughs> for best writer in 2023? Honestly, if I hadn't done my annual. Oh, I need to get some more stuff just in case trip to the beguiling. It probably would have been Kelly Thompson because just Kelly Thompson. However, it's Daniel Close, like Bonica slaps. And I wasn't like one of those, oh, I read all of Daniel Close stuff kind of people like my friend Lindsay, who's more on the all the fancy Nancy style of comics. Mm. Uh, I'm just sorry. Like, sorry. What is a fancy Nancy comic? Fancy uh, graphics. Like high concept, uh, uh, biographical, mm, edutainment side. Don't call it comics, call it graphic, graphic novels. novels. Ah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. That's yeah. a fancy Nancy right there. Uh, oh, I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. So so a little <laughs> a little less Billy Bats and a little more Guantanamo kid kind of. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. That kind of yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> but okay, yeah, continue. Monica, Monica's <laughs> really good. It, it, it's I would love to see a movie of this too, and it's but also I don't want to because I like the yeah. disjointed narrative. I like the untrustworthy uh, adults in the life when Monica's younger, and then how she becomes just as sketchy as an adult, uh, mirroring. Uh, and learning nothing in some ways and too much in other ways from uh, the adults in her life. And also not everyone should have kids. But yeah, it's a great, <laughs> great story. Great many stories. Yeah. Well, there you go. And a nice slow read. Like you really feel like you get your money's worth. 
Good stuff. My pick for this year is Kelly Thompson, not just for Birds of Prey, but also she wrote The Cull this year, Black Cloak, which came out, and she finished off her 50-issue Captain Marvel run this year, and all were pretty banging books. So, But of course, writing is just one side of the deal. Art is equally as important, and if you talk to some comic fans, it's more important, but no, it's a balance. It has to be a balance, people. <laughs> and so now we're going to pick our pick for the best artist of 2023. Chris, what's yeah. your pick? Well, you know, so it's not to throw you off too much, Andrew. I am going to do a repeat pick this year. Oh, so it's Greg Smallwood again? Yeah, Greg Smallwood. That's uh, exactly who it is. Uh, I don't know who that is. Um, uh, Darren Warren, uh, John, Daniel Warren Johnson, sorry, for Transformers. Uh, and also the uh, the graphic novel for uh, Do a Powerbomb was also released this year. So, I, I mean, listen, man. I just don't, there's nobody else doing it like him. There's nobody else. Like, you you know uh, Daniel Warren Johnson book as soon as you pick it up. Like, you're you you know you're like, oh, shit, there it is. I, I'm fucking five kilometers away, and I can spot the cover from here. It's it's bonkers shit. And, like, even when he's doing uh, crazy books, like, uh, what was that, Jurassic, uh, Jurassic League or whatever the hell he was doing in D.C.? It's like, it was a silly book, but the art was unbelievable. The art was unbelievable. So... The Transformers book, like, I don't know if you guys have been reading it. I I am not a big Transformers comics guy. I've never picked up Transformers comics, but I started buying Transformers comics because he was on it. And, um, yeah, it's great stuff, man. Just, like, this is, I don't know. For me, it's just it's just that it's just what comics are all about, man. That's what it is, baby. All righty, fair enough. <laughs> I swear to God you picked Greg Smallwood for uh, for Human Target last year. Oh, anyways, did I? Oh, yeah, yeah. you did. <laughs> oh, maybe the, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Because he was also doing it like nobody else was doing it last year. There you go. Petula, what's your pick for Artist of 2023? Our homie from the call, Mattia de something Italian that I can't pronounce. So, yeah, the art in the call is the most gorgeous. I've had some of the most beautiful nightmares inspired by the art in the call. It's like... You've got tendrils, you've got tentacles, you have beautiful monsters, gorgeous teenagers having relations in a lush jungle. The eye work is bananas. Good black hair. It's got everything. And the colors, the colors, the colors. It's just definitely a book that I probably would have picked up based on the covers, but each page, like, I knew I was going to pick something from the call for our like best panel for the other pod and it was very hard just to just pick one yeah true true yeah actually my pick is also Matia de Luis for the call um for everything Batula just said but also it's like it's kind of like if you wanted to see life but like better Hmm. (laughs) there you go yeah sold it looks like reality (laughs) like it's like so photorealistic but if everybody was pretty like that's kind of the way it works such a good such a good uh, book some great art definitely so there's there's our picks for this year's best comics and as i said if you want to hear more about the best comics of 2023 you can check out the best comics of 2023 episode of back issue bloodbath where myself and batula break down a number of categories including best hero best villain best ensemble Um, best publisher and a bunch of other ones. So definitely go give that a listen on your podcasting platform of choice. 
So, Mr. Green. Yeah, yeah, it's me. You're going to get to talk again in our next segment, but also I'm going to give you a, uh, a comic book pick that I know that, again, you're not, not rating, but I know that you really enjoyed okay. the new Conan series. Yes. I actually, yeah, I did actually. Holy shit, I totally, totally forgot about that. I did read that some of that. There you it was go. really good. It was really good. There you go. So for people out there, Mr. Green still reads a comic on occasion. We're going to take it. had some good cave sex, which I always love. There you go. Ah. Yeah. Issue two, some good cave sex right there. There's a glowing <laughs> recommendation right there. I, I feel like this is turning into a mini episode of back issue. Blood <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. Pretty much. Listen, teenagers banging in the jungle. There's fucking cave sex and Conan. <laughs> what else do you want? So there you go. If you like, if you want more of this, check out Back to Blood Bath. Totally. We're going to take a commercial break when we come back. We're going to be looking at the best television shows of 2023 on our best of the best right here. This is Geekard. Quick look from the back scenes. Hey, remember when you used to go to the comic shop and browse through the stacks, picking up comic after comic, talking to your fellow customers and the store owner about what books you should buy. What kind of outside people daywalker nonsense are you talking about? I don't go outside. Well, thank goodness for Back Issue Bloodbath with Andrew Young and Petula Neal. When we talk about comics old and new. Mostly old. But sometimes new. Every Wednesday, new episodes drop at geekartshow.com or wherever you catch your pots. Check it out and have yourself a good. If you let me down, make sure that you lift me up now. Because everything is up now. Welcome back to Geek Card on geekcardshow.com. Now back to your host, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Because everything is up now. Welcome back to Geek Art, folks. This is our best of the best of 2023. Myself, Mr. Green, and our hallowed panel of judges, Batula Neal and Chris Johnson, here with us to look at the best TV shows of 2023. Before we get into that, I know I said a couple of weeks ago that we'd be back to live episodes by now. We will be returning to live episodes next week, so live on January 12th on RealityRadio101.com at 7 p.m. Eastern. We will be back with our first live episode in several weeks. Very excited about that, so don't miss it. But now let us get into the best of the best TV shows of 2023, and we're going to start by counting down our top five shows of the past year. Batula, what's your pick for number five? Shrinking. I don't know if anybody else has this. I had uh, almost forgotten it because recency bias does affect your list. So I was like, let me let me go all the way back to January 2023. Mm -hmm. And then definitely a time when I was thinking about searching for my own uh, mental health experts and yeah this one was a surprise banger uh, from the bill lawrence jason siegel brett goldstein who you know just slides off of lasso and into this like oh yeah i'm gonna just have like harrison ford like saying stuff i wrote like that's cool 
and it was a beautiful surprise i laughed and cried in equal amounts and it's a fantastic show definitely chris what is your pick for number five my number five is scott pilgrim takes off uh i was uh <laughs> i uh i love i love I love Scott Pilgrim uh, and I love the movie. So when they announced that this series was going to be uh, showing up, I was pretty excited and I was really stoked that they didn't just remake the movie or the books. Uh, They did something really different and I enjoyed it uh, every step of the way. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, if you, if you enjoyed, uh, if you, if you haven't seen, I don't know, man, if you haven't seen any Scott Pilgrim stuff, I don't know if I would watch it, but if you are familiar with all the other iterations of the, of the story, I feel like that it adds something. So I really dug it. It was a lot of fun in a, in a really dark year uh, for a lot of messed up things happening in the world. It was it was kind of a fun time. So uh, I liked it quite a there bit. There you go, Mister Green. You're number five. Oh uh, right, sorry. That's it's my turn. Right, uh, number five for me. <laughs> I totally forgot. Uh, by the way, uh, I really love Shrinking Petula and Chris. Uh, yeah, Scott Pilgrim was my number ten pick for this year. Oh, yeah, uh, but uh, number five for me was uh, the Netflix series Pluto, which is a eight-part series retelling the final two episodes of Astro Boy. Um, oh, and shit. Uh, it <laughs> is not Astro Boy. Like, it's about Astro Boy. He's part of the series, but it takes a different angle to the storyline. It also uh, makes it more adult, and it centers on a different aspect of the of retelling the story, and specifically in a post war scenario, um, and what it means to be human, and what it means to be robotic, in, you know, in this universe. And uh, yeah, it was it affected me way more than I expected for for an anime, and uh, it's a lot deeper than I think uh, most people would give it credit for. And uh, it's not surprising; it's on a lot of people's uh, top ten lists. Well, there you go. So quick, number... sorry, quick question. Sorry, sorry. I just had a quick question for Green about that. Sorry, I got a quick question for him. Green, is there a way that I can watch the things that it's like telling the alternate version of? If I was wanted to watch Pluto, is there like, can I watch the original Astro Boy episodes? That it's yeah, you, if you have Amazon Prime, the original okay. Astro Boy cool. is on Amazon Prime. Okay, very cool. There yeah. we go. There we go. Not a question <laughs> that could have waited till the end of the show. No. Uh, my pick for number five. <laughs> my pick for number five, keeping it simple here. Loki, season two. Um, as Marvel's been touch and go with its TV uh, in recent uh, recent times, uh, this series, while some people had its problems with it, I felt it told a pretty interesting story that kept you on the edge of your seat for most of it. And with all the reworkings of the the back half of the season, that didn't like if you didn't know about that stuff happening, it's not visible in the show. And I thought that was pretty good. Now let's move on to our number four, Petula. I'm pretty sure nobody else here has this one on their list. It's Bridgerton, a Queen Charlotte story. You are correct. <laughs> Here's the... Although I have a number of friends who did enjoy it, yes. This was an example of possibly one of the most functional relationships portrayed uh, at all. And yet the backdrop is just completely chaotic and then you throw on top of that the whole uh Chandelier twist on this era of i don't know if it's regency whatever the whole bridgerton of it all it is i love this 
so much the the relationship between charlotte and her husband the king and the secrets that you keep from somebody it's very much like when you start dating someone and you don't want to you know you're not going to poop with the door open you're not going to whatever but in their case it's that the government and the monarchy is hiding the fact that he has a pretty like debilitating uh mental illness that is it's a clearly progressive and they just want to hide it from his bride so that she won't ask any questions to start pumping out babies and she's like no this is my man i'm gonna be ride or die and i'm gonna get in there with him climb under that bed with him keep him safe and all of these other things that they've built into the show and the related shows that people have noticed now how she keeps her style of dress the same even though like you know fashions advance so that it helps him remember her better and like feel safe when he's talking to her and the flashbacks there, there's a whole like c plot between the two manservants that are clearly involved and like the most beautiful heartbreaking scene of you see the young versions of them dancing at a party and then uh, we flash forward and we just see the one guy alone kind of miming out the steps that they danced to together. Like, this was not expecting this. I just thought it was just going to be more like nonsense with like a hot guy playing the king when he's young, you know, shirtless, maybe humping someone up against a tree. I'm not mad at that about regular Bridgerton, but this was this was something else. Okay. All right. Chris, what's your number four? My number four was actually Loki. Um, and, you know, it, it did surprise me a little bit. I feel like the quality uh, has been inconsistent with the with the folks at Marvel uh, for, for, for a minute now. Um, and I wasn't expecting much from this, despite the, the me enjoying pretty much everyone in the cast. Uh, and I really enjoyed how they went. I know they, they sort of did it in the first season, but this season really was almost like a hard science fiction show with Loki. Uh, which I was, which I wasn't really expecting at all. And when they went that, when they, when they started really leaning into all that stuff, I was like, fuck, what are we doing now? And, um, Fihui Kwan, uh, you know, it was so, so fun and such an excellent addition to the cast. Uh, he, who shall not be named also did an excellent job. To, uh, and it's just such a, a fucking bummer. That he's a piece of shit, but the show is so good. The season was so good. And, um, what a, it just felt it was the perfect send off for uh, Tom Hiddleston as a character. So they did, you know, at top top to bottom, excellent work. It went in a completely different direction I was expecting, and uh, was just a blast from start to finish. So there you go. That was Mr. it for me, Mr. Green. Your number five, number four. Yeah, hundred uh, percent, Chris. Just uh, quickly to add, because uh, Loki didn't make my list. It's in. It's my. It was my number eight. I had uh, Shorzy, Ahsoka, and Blue Eyed Samurai. Mm -hmm. Also didn't make the cut. But Loki was the, is the best thing out of Marvel in these these last two years, uh, bar none. But uh, my number four, my true number four, is uh, Poker Face. It was a show that came out near the beginning of the year, and I completely almost forgot that it even existed until I was working on the list. I was just like, because it felt like it was like three years ago, right? Like it just if, like because that's how far back la earlier this year feels to me, and uh, it's. Um, no, it's it's a great show. It's on Peacock, and it's a uh, it's it's a if anybody who hasn't seen it, it's a it's a murder mystery show, in which uh, Natasha Lyonne stars as a character who has the ability to just 
intrinsically know when somebody is lying, like w- at any given time. And uh, you can see how in a murder mystery type of scenario that that would really work. And it's equal parts uh, Columbo and, you know, like your ever every other kind of uh, mystery detective character kind of thing, except for it's told um, episodically. And uh, there's there is a serialized element to it, but it is episodic and it's split over time and it's not the same murder story each episode is a different murder story there is an overarching murder story but there is individual episodes natasha leon does a great job it's a great show and uh anybody who hasn't seen it yet should be watching it because it's fantastic i really like that you said murder story three times in 30 seconds that was impressive (laughs) it's a murder story there you go fucking murder story (laughs) my pick for number four is the netflix series beef um, uh, so basically right. Ali Wong, Steven Yoon, they play two characters that when you start watching, you're like, these guys are complete assholes for different reasons. They get into a road rage incident and that leads to the two of them kind of getting into a war of trying to ruin each other's lives. And you'd think that that would get stale fast, but the amount of characterization that they put into this. And with the amazing ensemble cast that they put around them, it was such a heartfelt kind of show that was also like balls to the wall insane. And every episode, you know, it would end off, you wouldn't know where the next episode was going to go. And so I was uh, really impressed with that one. Moving on to our number three. Batula, what is your number three pick for the best shows of 2023? I had to have Picard in my top five. I had to. Um, I honestly almost put either Strange New Worlds or Lord Dex in here, but the reason I love those shows so much is this man. <laughs> so, yeah, call this my Al Pacino wins for Set of a Woman over Denzel for <laughs> Malcolm X pick. Wow. I don't care. I'm not ashamed. This last season, they did what they told us they weren't going to do when they started the show, and I don't know how they made it so good they got the whole band back together but they did it so carefully so gracefully gave everybody a backstory they didn't just oh we all just happen to bump into each other and get shenanigans they introduced all of our old characters one by one the fact that Jordy is a nerd just playing with old spaceships in the museum of like old rides perfect for him that he meets the grumpiest captain ever who just nerds out because he's so proud that Jordy loves the mods that he's made to his old bucket. Uh, uh, yeah, this was something I I didn't dare to wish for when they started up Picard again. And the first two seasons of Picard are very different from this last season. And that's one of the things I love most about this new era. They're like, let's just pivot. Let's just do something different. And all of the shows have been really embracing that energy, but The fact that sort of the OG of the resurgence of Trek did that and stuck the landing so well. (sighs) Yeah, it's exactly what I needed, exactly what I needed it. There we go. All right, Chris, your number three. My number three is uh, Invincible. Uh, I, I, you know, this is a show that I feel like I have to convince adults to watch. Uh, and I don't know why it's just uh, it's it's like it's it's better than the comic 
ever was, in my opinion. Uh, I feel, feel like they've they've improved every single storyline that they've covered so far from the book. Uh, not that I dislike the book, but this is just it's like it's almost like the boys in that they took something that was fine and then they made it just unbelievable. Uh, the voice cast, every single new edition is more unbelievable than the last. The writing is fantastic. Uh, the art is just so bright and fun. Uh, and it's just, man, like, I, I feel like there's just a theme with my picks this year in that it's stuff that I've wanted to watch because it just, it was a, a, a good time. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like we just need more good times <laughs> in our lives these days. Um, and that's not to say it's not well, extremely well written. Like even the quieter moments uh, with, uh, you know, with Invincible and his mother and dealing with the fallout from, you know, the revelations from the previous season in terms of what his father was actually up to for, you know, for so many years and his how he's viewed his relationship with his wife and all these other things. Like it delves into some seriously heavy subjects and executes them phenomenally. And it has... Uh, so much to do with just the unbelievable cast who's who's manning the the voice stations on that show. So if you've never watched the show or were were, were hesitant to check it out, I highly recommend it. It's the first half of the second season is out there, and we got some more on the way later in the year. So later this year, so check it out. There we go, Mr. Green. Your pick for number three. My pick for number three this year uh, was a show that I unfortunately didn't get to put on the the list the last time that this came out uh, because I hadn't watched it at the time. And that is something that you really promoted for me. And that is The Bear. The latest this season we got season or this year we got season two and um, it uh, it picks up about I think it's about a month after the the events of season one. And they're kind of, you know, rolling through with the new restaurant upgrade and everything like that. And uh, Eben Moss Baccarat, whose name might come up later on uh, very shortly, um, does an amazing <laughs> performance, uh, at least in one episode, uh, really blows the doors off the place. Uh, uh, Jeremy Allen White, you know, as the the lead actor in this, it does a fantastic job. The entire cast does an, an amazing job, and I just love this show so much. Uh, it's uh, it's just a shame that it only lasts the few episodes that it does. Yeah, no, it goes by quick. It goes by quick. But we have one more season to look forward to in that respect. My pick for number three is actually one that's already been mentioned. Scott Pilgrim takes off. Like Chris said, if you're a fan of Scott Pilgrim, there's a lot of stuff in there for you, especially if you're a fan of the comics, they're using the comics continuity as the jumping off point for this, but of course with the voice cast of all the stars from the movie. So it is a celebration of Scott Pilgrim, but also a new story, a new take, and so it's not just a rehash, as Chris said, and is lots of fun. Lots yeah, of fun. it's infinitely better than the movie. <laughs> there we go i love the movie <laughs> i didn't say i hated the movie i just said it's infinitely better than that's the movie fair. that's fair there we go there that's we go fair. so now we move into our number two pick patula what's your pick for number two feel like somebody else must have gen v uh i was very surprised to be pulled back into the boys uh family after some of the the stormfront things really was like this is too much for me <laughs> but i guess all i needed was a, a tiny girl and a lot of peen to get me back <laughs> so it was completely off the rails and i loved it and i like this perspective on the world of vaught because 
almost hopefully like the real world the younger people seem to be figuring it out a bit earlier that everything's corrupt however there's still people who are willing to be on board with a corrupt system but it's it's a little more out in the open at least like we're acknowledging the thing and not just pretending it isn't happening uh the powers are great the violence is grisly uh they they are all uh whatever that line is from the flash when Callisto Flockhart meets Barry in a crossover where she calls them the aggressively attractive and ethically diverse <laughs> group of youngsters basically like that's the aesthetic but it's so grimy underneath that uh, it's I can't describe if you haven't watched it I don't want to spoil anything for you because literally from the first cold wet warm red open it's just painting the walls of viscera and it's awesome all righty Chris, what is your pick for number two? Oh, baby. So my number two is uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And, Shocking. Uh, this is, hey, man, this is honestly, this is the best season of the show in fucking, I don't even know, like 10 years. Uh, if you haven't watched season 16, I think we're on, of Always Sunny, uh, there are two great episodes on it. Uh Frank goes Frank versus Rush is fucking amazing. And the gang goes bowling has one of the all-time greatest Dennis exclamations in the history of the fucking show on in it. But the season finale, which is Dennis takes a mental health day, if you've never watched an episode of Sunny, this I feel like stands on its own as this weird little microcosm of like just the fucking uh mentality of a psychotic man. And it's just like explore, explore his mindset and, and see how he, uh, you know, navigates the world. Um, an unbelievable performance from Glenn Howerton in that episode. Uh, and it, the, the anyway, it's hilarious. The show's fucking just as funny as it's ever been. There were some, you know, some down seasons were, were okay in the last few years with some shining episodes here and there. But this season, Return of Form, absolutely hilarious. Everyone's at the top of their game. Check it out. Lots of fucking fun. There we go. Mr. Green, you're number two. Uh, oh, shit. Sorry. Yeah, my number two is Netflix's All the Light We Cannot See. It was a, uh, a mini series that came out. It was four episodes long uh, based on the book. Same title. Uh, got to see the first couple episodes uh, when I was at uh, TIFF and uh, was uh, just went in, you know, just because I needed to fill a slot. And I was just like, let's give it a shot. And I uh, was really intrigued by this idea of uh, it's World War II, this uh, small French village in which uh, the, the Nazis have uh, rounded up the town. It's behind a wall and then and then they're just trying to, uh, you know, uh, survive. And then the whole time this is going on, the uh, the main character, this young blind woman is giving radio broadcasts, uh, narrating passages from books which turn out to be code for the the uh, the allies to be able to bomb locations and where to hit the ground and all this stuff because the french resistance is helping yada 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 it's a great show really really love it uh and then um there's a little bit of a supernatural element sort of uh involved in it but it's you know but it's in the way that indie uh you know like uh, raiders of the lost ark does it's like there's something there but is it really there you know but it doesn't go quite that far Right. It's just I'm like kind of... how you, I like how you specified that it was Raiders because it was like if it was like Dial of Destiny, I'd be like, mm. 
Yeah, no, 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 no. Dial of Destiny. Yeah, no, yeah. like more like Raiders, the original Raiders, uh, you know, just very simple, like, and then you're like, but it doesn't go quite that supernatural. It's just no it's, face melting. That's what you're saying. Yeah, it's like right, right up until <laughs> right up the up island. The Right up until the island, right up until they open up the ark, and then everything goes out out the window. But yeah, no, it's a it's a really great series, Um, and I I also talks a lot about uh, uh, the complications of war and uh, the different sides that people take during war too. So, and uh, Mark Ruffalo makes a nice little appearance as the father in this, but uh, it's a great show. Love it. Awesome, awesome. My pick for number two, it was really hard. My number two and number one were dancing with each other for quite a bit. Yeah, me right too. Right up until this broadcast. But I had to go with uh, my number two from last year. Once again, in at number two is The Bear. Um, season one was all about them finding a goal. They found the goal. Season two was basically about all these people that were kind of overcoming their brokenness, being led by somebody and going in the right direction. And it looks like season three is like all those people are now in the right place and they're going to help the guy in the lead who's now broken to get back to where he needs to be. And just the drama in this is amazing. There are two specific episodes, um, fishes and forks. Fishes is basically a movie in itself. It is a one hour movie that you could watch without the entire series and still get something out of it with amazing guest stars. Forks is, I believe Mr. Green's favorite episode of the season. It is. And yeah, it is if you love drama, if you love comedy, if you love realism in your characters, all three of those things are here. So definitely. And to your point, man. if you if you've been watching the show, uh, cousins perform like cousins' story up to that point, like that's when Forks really like hits home. That's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah fish knew, fish, is, fish is the is the Christmas episode, right? Yes. It's yeah, about oh the yeah. The seven fishes. Yeah, so. that's the that's like my one two in that season. There you go. There yeah. you go. But now we come to number one, our pick for the best television series of 2023. Batula, what's your pick? Once again, weirdly, some animated nonsense from Netflix, Blue-Eyed Samurai. Like, this is my new arcade. I started (laughs) watching this and I was like, what the? You had me at Peaches. Listen, (laughs) Masioka. remember heroes the way that man delivered that yata that's how he sells those peaches from that moment on uh the show continues to do very tropey things but in unexpected rhythm like you think this is going to be the big build-up it ends up being that there's a whole low-key kind of feminism situation with uh the the lead character uh Voiced by Brenda, is, is that what voiced by Brenda's song? Is that my air script? My air script, no, I think. Or oh, is Brent, is no, it Brenda's is song in the it house. It's Brenda's song. It's Brenda's song. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Brenda's song. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Kenneth Branagh just doing the most. Oh my god, mercurial accent. I'm gonna say, <laughs> but it sounds like he's having the most fun he's had in ages, and maybe that's his thing as an older dude, just like weird accent work. I don't know, <laughs> but. <laughs> No, you're sorry. Yeah. I, you're you're right. It is Maya Erskine that plays Mizu. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was wrong. Sorry. Yeah, and this show, it's very violent. It's very sexual. Um, it's very you know lone wolf, no cub 
kind of energy it i can't recommend it to somebody without feeling like they might judge me but i'm gonna <laughs> say it was my favorite show of the year there you that's, go that's a, it's go. a solid pick very so violent solid. very sexual it, it's again fitting. a taste of what you could get if you listen to back issue bloodbath I there was you gonna go. say, very violent very sexual i feel like that's like patula housing or something yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> Chris, what's your pick for uh, the best show of 2023? Well, you know, guys, I got to say, great many of you on this panel were fucking right. Uh, I caught up. I finally caught up. And I am in agreement. Uh, the best the best show of, of the last year is the Reservation Dogs. Mm. Uh, fucking... You got on right at the end there. Good for you. I know. <laughs> well, that's, that's how I do it, baby. Uh, this fucking haven't watched Succession yet. Haven't watched The Bear. I'm gonna run all through those fuckers when I get you know when I get a five minutes. But I managed Reservation Dogs this year, and boy oh boy, did I fucking pick the right time. So, you know, I I, I mean, people who are unfamiliar with it, it's about a group of teenagers who live on a reservation in Oklahoma and their trials and tribulations uh, over the course of three seasons. And um, it's 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 billed as a comedy, and for the most part, it is very funny. But also some seriously heavy dramatic uh, moments that they really excel at every single episode where they choose to lean into that. It's an extremely powerful show. It's uh, provides tremendous insight into a culture that I am not personally a part of and have very little connection to, but has provided me with a great deal of um, insight and uh, adventure and interest and humor and all sorts of other things. So it's just a wonderful show. William Knifeman is fucking the uh, an all-time iconic uh, character. And, you know, obviously Bear and Cheese and Willie Jack and, and Alora and fucking Big and all those guys are great. The actors are tremendous, and I'm really happy to see the kids getting roles in films and stuff. Like, I've been seeing trailers for, like, there's one coming out very soon with Bear as the male lead in, in this teen romantic comedy. So I'm like, hey, hell yeah, man. So... Uh, yeah, just a wonderful, wonderful show. Uh, tremendous finale and uh, a great time all around. So, uh, you know, obviously there's some some tough moments, some tough stuff that happens uh, during the course of the series. But, you know, overall, in the end, very uplifting and uh, and and smart and well acted and just great. So check definitely, it out. definitely. Mr. Green, what is your pick for the best show of 2023? Uh, my best show of the year, uh, came in and clobbered, uh, the others that I've talked about so far, uh, down to the ground, which, uh, kind of surprised me because I wasn't expecting the show to even make my top 15 or top 20. Like I just, I wasn't expecting it. And, uh, and that is Apple TV Plus's lessons in chemistry. This show blew my mind. I there's an episode three, I believe it is. So, okay, hold on a sec. I, I, I'll, I'll circle back. So what Lesson in Chemistry is all about is uh, Brie Larson plays a chemist in the 50s who can't really be a chemist because she didn't get her PhD. So it's a man's world of the 50s. That's also very racist. And she gets, uh, well, and sexist, of course, but obviously she can't get jobs because she's a woman and obvi- and she doesn't have her PhD, so too bad for you. 
And she ends up uh, meeting this uh, other scientist who they get along and, you know, sparks start to fly and things happen. Um, and it's about their relationship and their work relationship. And then at the same time, there's this other overarching story that because we start in the future where she's doing a baking show, hence lessons in chemistry, where she basically turns baking into a chemistry lesson. And it it's craziness. The third episode of this series is all told from the point of view of a dog. <laughs> and you can't help but fucking cry the entire episode, like ugly cry. And when you see it, you'd understand it's just it was fucking crazy. I couldn't believe it. And Brie Larson does an amazing job making you even remotely care about this character and uh, and this universe. And it's it's just fantastic. Uh, super great guest stars. Um, uh, what's his face from uh, The Office? Uh, Hofferman. Nick Hofferman's in it. Um, or not sorry. He, was, not, he wasn't on The Office. No, no. Uh, not Nick Hofferman. Sorry. Uh, Dwight. Dwight Schultz. Oh. Uh, Dwight, you know, Dwight Schrute, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Whoever. I don't I hate the office. That guy. I forget his name now. Um Rain he, Wilson. There you go. Rain Wilson. Yeah. I said Rain Wilson. I heard Lane. Anyways, doesn't matter. The, him, Kevin <laughs> Sussman, there's a bunch of others. There's a whole thing about uh the uh gentrification of LA neighborhoods, uh, because she's living in in a predominantly black neighborhood and how they're fighting to protect their neighborhoods. This show just goes on. There's layers all over the place, feminism, women's rights, like it's just it, it's nonstop. And uh I'm still shocked that I love this show so much. Well, but it was go. fucking fantastic. Um, the episode from the perspective of the dog mm -hmm. was the episode titled chemistry is my business. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Hilarious. Yeah. Oh my God. It's, there's right. a very specific reason why it's told from the dog's point of view. I hear you. I hear you. You feel my for pick... that fucking dog. I hear you. My pick for number one is one that I saw earlier in the year. And as I said, Season two of the bear almost knocked it out of its place, but I couldn't, I couldn't move this one out of number one. Cause it was just, it was, it, the, the series hit me in the gut really hit me in the feels where I wanted hit me in certain places that I really identified with. And that is the series Daisy Jones and the six hmm. based on the novel, which uh, is loosely based on a bunch of stories about Fleetwood Mac, but then of course fictionalized and turned all around and, made its own thing. The series is basically like a documentary retrospective leading into flashbacks of this band that was big in the 70s called Daisy Jones and the Six. Tells their history, tells the very tangled romance of the, uh, the two, front, the front man and front woman of the band. And uh, just really, it's great music. Like I listened to the album that came out of this series all the time as well. Daisy Jones and the Six, my number one of 2023. So now we're going to move into a couple of special awards, starting off with the best genre TV series of 2023. Petula, what's your pick? Very outside the box. Uh, this is a, a series that was part of the last season on Dimension 20 on the Dropout streaming network. <laughs> Stay with me. And... It was a sub run with the Questing Queens doing basically like a Dungeons and Dragons run. Uh, it involved Jujubee, 
Alaska Thunderfuck, Monet Exchange, and Bob the Drag Queen playing for most of them a D&D type game for the first time. And each episode is like over two hours. Like they're long. Oh. At the beginning, they're like, what do I do? What die? And by the end, they have created a whole world. And they take, they're so good at it, I think, because their whole day job is performance. So they really get invested in creating, not just building out backstory for their characters, but creating an interesting world. But then also just throw away lines that the dungeon master informs them, well, well, that's part of your world now. So like, so we just said this guy, Mark, happened to be around and then called him Mark Ronson. But now they have like a whole set of running bits about Mark Ronson, the music producer, (laughs) is part of this world of demons and things they have to fight. And it was... I just started playing D&D and so watching this actually something so good that like the the teaser episode they put on YouTube made me pay for like a seventh streamer just to watch the rest of it. I, I would recommend this to anybody who's thinking of playing Dungeons Dragons, anybody who likes Drag Race, just it's great. But okay. the three day trial of dropout is not enough time to get through them all because they're long, even though it's just four episodes. So they're definitely going to do a second season with these four queens. They have a bunch of other DD stuff, but this was exceptional. Like, all right. really watchable. Yeah. Good stuff. Chris, what's your pick for best genre? Okay, I'm going to cheat. So my best, my best genre, it's, it's, it's invincible. It's invincible. I already fucking was number three area on my list. So whatever. But I'm going to cede my time for that so I can talk about. Uh, uh, someone who didn't make the best performance, but I want to talk about it anyway. Shout out to another genre performer, fucking late, late great Ray Stevenson for uh, Ahsoka, Balen Skull. Love that motherfucker. That was so good. I love that guy. Anyway, that's all I'm going to say. It's invincible. Okay. <laughs> it's invincible. <laughs> but I didn't want Andrew to get mad about talking too much about fucking shit so, in some other spots. So we're going to just mention Ray All right, Stevenson. all right. Mr. Green, your pick for best shot or TV. <laughs> he still got mad. He still got mad. No, I didn't get mad. He, he didn't get mad at all. That's not no. Andrew mad. Uh, <laughs> my, my pick for uh, – we're doing genre, right? Yeah, we're in genre. Yeah, yeah, genre. Yeah. Uh, it was Pluto. I, I it was my number five. It was it just it was so good. It the animation was great, uh, especially the pickup from where you know anybody who's seen Astro Boy back in the day coming into this brand new animation, a brand new way of telling the story. It was just it was fantastic. There so where go. can I watch the Astro Boy episodes, Green? You can see that on Amazon Prime. <laughs> I'm gonna mute Chris for a little while. Put him in a timeout. <laughs> my pick for my pick for best genre TV was also my number five pick. It was Loki. Uh, moving on now to most bingeable TV series of the year. Patula, what's your pick? Survival of the Thickest. Michelle Buteau, great show. I devoured it. And um, fortunately for her, that came out, I think, right near the beginning of the strike. So it never really got the promotion it should have had. So go back and check it out if you missed it. All right. Chris. Invincible. Mr. Green. <laughs> Pluto. All the same reasons as above. There you go. My pick for most bingeable TV was The Bear. Uh, I did the season in a day. It was great. Yeah, no, The Bear was was my pick until I got to Pluto. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And now, best performance in a television series. This is the only acting pick that we have on the entire list because, again, with a number of episodes, you're going over a season, you get to see a character build, and you get to see an actor create that character. So, Patula, what is your pick for best performance in a TV series in 2023? Uh, the show itself, I found hard to watch. 
but I gotta say Dominique Fishback and Swarm because what that woman was doing and she did a lot was magnetic just hypnotic could not believe it she's one second childlike the next second like the most menacing on the level of the most terrifying sort of Korean horror movie energy character you've ever seen and then flips back again this is one I don't want to spoil I would just say watch the first episode much like the first episode of Game of Thrones if you like the first one you probably will like the rest and if you don't like the first one you definitely won't like the rest mm-hmm. there we go that's, Chris. that's a fair estimate Chris, your pick for best performance in a TV series. Uh, my pick was uh, Nick Offerman as as Bill in The Last <laughs> of Us. Um, just uh, an amazing episode of television. And like, I, I like The Last of Us show just fine. It was fine. It was had some cool bits. Uh, Love the game. But that episode in particular was phenomenal. Uh, and specifically Nick Offerman in it. Uh, I think he really showed a lot of people the range that folks who've seen him in his independent movies, uh, you know, already knew he could execute, but seeing it on, uh, you know, a major network television show, not network, but a major television show, uh, you know, like the last of us, it was, it was great. And he was great. So I'm really uh, glad that he's getting the recognition he deserves in that. Definitely. A lot of people talked about uh, episode three of the last of us, Hmm. especially even more so than some of the other episodes of the series. Mr. Green, your pick for best performance in a TV series. While I did already mention uh, even Moss Bacharach for uh, the Forks episode of The Bear, and he does a great job in the entire series. He, unfortunately, the Forks episode isn't the whole show, so he doesn't get it. Uh, and uh, and that went because it goes to Brie Larson because uh, Lessons of Chemistry, she just kills it the entire the entire run. She kills there it. There we go. There we go. She kills it. And you just mine... made half the internet mad. No, not half. I know. Very, I know. Very small That's portion. It. Very That's small it. portion of the corner. Very small portion. Very small portion of the corner. Portion, yes. In the corner yes. of the internet. Over Very vo- with megaphones and uh, loud. But you know what? You know what though? Fuck them. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> She's fucking great there in it. Go. Oh my god! Uh, my pick for best performance <laughs> in a TV series is actually a tie between Ali Wong and Stephen Yoon for Beef because they take two very reprehensible characters and you're just compelled to watch them and then eventually somehow you feel sympathy for them which i think in the hands of lesser actors the show would have suffered um because i don't like it was it was amazing how they were able to get that sympathy in the end so definitely ali wong steven yoon for beef so that brings us to the end of the tv show portion we're now going to take a break and when we come back We'll be talking about the big screen. It's our best movies of 2023 right here on Geek Up. Want to advertise on Geek Card and be heard by thousands of listeners? It's easy, it's simple, it's fun. Email us at geekardshow at gmail.com for information on our advertising packages today. Welcome back to Geek Card on GeekCardShow.com. Now back to your host, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. 
Card friends on our best of the best of 2023 looking at the best comics tv shows and movies andrew young and mr green here with our very special panel of mr chris johnson and miss patula neal we're getting in now into the best movies of 2023 there was a lot of great films and we're going to start with our top five films of the year starting with number five patula what's your number five Saltburn. Oof. The tub, the bath, the grave, the dancing. Yeah. There you go. Chris, what's your pick for number five? Uh, my number, my pick for number five was Barbie. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> Think about that. There you go. There's anyway. some of our listeners who are already getting to their keyboards. For you. Well, yeah. you know, I don't really care. It no, was... I don't. I don't care either. Yeah. Yeah. No offense. Ooh. Don't. I don't give a shit. Anyway, yeah, Mr. Green, <laughs> your pick uh, for number five. Uh, it, it's funny because uh, it was Barbie uh, for uh, until uh, yesterday, but uh, I had uh, Haunted Mansion, Flora and Son, The Holdovers, Dungeons and Dragons, and Barbie are all in my lower half of the, of the top ten. Uh, but number five for me truly was Elemental. It just it it. Oh, yeah. I know it's I know a movie. lot of people who did not like it, and there was a lot of hate on it, but it's a good movie. All righty, very cool. My pick for. Number five is Sisu. Basically, ah. <laughs> old soldier in Lapland finds gold. Nazi steal his gold. He has to fight the Nazis. Good times. All yep. right, moving on to number four. What's your pick for number four, Petula? Cross the Spider-Verse, man. That's it. <laughs> Chris, what's your pick for number four? My pick for number four was Blackberry. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen that one, uh, but the it's uh, you know this the rise and fall of Blackberry. Uh, Jay Burchell does a very good job, but I mean the fucking show is Glenn Howerton, and like honestly, it, yeah, I got soft spot for Glenn Howerton, obviously, but I didn't say that you know Fool's Paradise or whatever was a good movie. This is a good movie. Check this one out. Um, it's an absolutely wonderful performance and it's you know it's a canadian story man so all the canadian folks uh give it and you can watch a mini series version of it if you like on cbc gem for free so uh if you're interested in 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 this uh type of a tale with a little bit of humor uh i sh and if you like the dirties because this is written and directed by the same dude who did the dirty you should check this out that's right mr green your pick for number four uh oh, sorry. yeah yeah number four yeah i know uh it's everything that chris just said because it is also blackberry Hey, it's, yeah, no, it was uh, uh, got to see it uh, earlier in the year and just, yeah, everything Chris said and more and Glenn Howerton just fucking smoked in this show. He was, uh, yeah, it was great. Loved it. There we go. All right. Now our number three. You're number four. Oh, my number five. So my number four <laughs> is I Like Movies, um, film we actually had the director Chandler Vack on the show earlier this year. It is a film about a teenager who's really into movies, wants to be a film bro, but isn't actually putting in the effort to do that, works at a video store. It's a coming-of-age tale. It's a tale of somebody basically having to learn to grow the fuck up. And at the same time, though, there are certain things that he likes that I think any film fan would also see a bit of themselves in this person as well. Moving on to our number three, Petula. Past Lives. I knew this movie had me when on her first day of school after leaving Korea, we see young Nora is dressed 
the way her little boyfriend was dressed. It's like they they almost switched kind of outfit looks. And that was when I knew that movie was going to mess me up, but I still didn't know how much. Right. Chris, what's your pick for number three? Number three. So despite the historical inaccuracies, I absolutely positively, surprisingly loved the Iron Claw. Uh, If you have not, if you know nothing about the Von Erichs, uh, you will be heartbroken and uh, will enjoy the film a great deal. Uh, If you do know things about the Von Erichs, uh, try to forget what you know about the exact story of the Von Erich clan and just watch it and enjoy it as a film and as a story. And uh, man, I got to tell you, I didn't rate Zac Efron very much as an actor before I saw this movie, but I really enjoyed his performance. I thought he did an excellent job. Um, and just everybody, you know, your boy from the bear, Jaws over there from the bear. He does uh, some some solid work in his relatively uh, small role as uh, as uh, old uh, fucking Texas tornado there. And it's just uh, it's a it's 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 a wonderful, well acted, heartbreaking movie about wrestling that's not about wrestling. At all. There you go, Mr. Green. <laughs> what is your pick for number three? This is the one that upset the apple cart for me. Um, because this is the one that kicked Barbie out of my top five and zero surprise to everybody on this right now. And to Andrew, especially because he knows Godzilla minus one, because it's fucking kicked ass. It is fucking glorious. (laughs) It's unfortunate that my top two films existed this year, because otherwise this would have been my number one film. Wow. That's the number two films are unassailable for me. You know, as much as I love Godzilla minus one for all of the right reasons, these other two films completely unassailable. So, uh, but yeah, it kicked uh, Barbie out of the top, uh, the top five. Uh, Actually, (laughs) I just want to quickly mention that my entire list is augmented. I had to keep augmenting it because I was removing festival films because they weren't released yet. Yeah. And that was like, it's like, we see so many festival films that aren't coming out till this year, yeah. Yeah, I had three films in my top ten. Two of them were in my top five that had to be removed just because they're not available in North America. But you know, it, it, you know what you just uh, caused me to visualize in my head, Green. Uh, remember those old Charles Barkley Godzilla commercials in the nineties? Imagine <laughs> that Godzilla drop kicking Barbie uh, through like a giant building. That's what. Yeah. it's like he kicked you out of the top five. It, it literally, <laughs> did, boom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you play basketball, though. Andrew, what was your uh, number three? <laughs> yeah, my number three was actually a French film that did play at the festival, but was also released in North America in, I believe, October. Uh, it is a film that's in both French and English, Anatomy of a Fall. Right. Yeah. A woman is suspected of her husband's murder, and their blind son faces a moral dilemma as the main witness. Now, part of it's kind of a murder mystery. Part of it is kind of a dissection of the French court system. And part of it is just about the lies you're willing to tell yourself or what your version of the truth is. It is such an amazing performance from all the cast, but especially, of course, the the main actor, Sandra Hewler, Hewler, I think is her, how you pronounce her name, Sandra Hewler. Um, it is just, it's a tour de force. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. Really enjoyed it. One worth checking out. Now let's move on to our number two pick for the best of 2023. Petula. 
Hey, Barbie, why so stressed? Could it be those irrepressible thoughts of death? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I mean, again, the reprise at the beginning, we all love the Billy Adams song, but that's much more how the movie hooked me in. And I mean, we all know because it made like a gajillion billion dollars mm-hmm. what happens, but that's where it really gave me those Josie and the Pussycat. I'm really going to like this and it's going to be weird vibes. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Chris, your pick for number two. My number two is uh, Across the Spider-Verse. Um, I, man, like it was, I, I saw in the theaters, my kid really enjoyed it. Kind of forgot about how much I enjoyed it. Came on streaming, watched it again. Within the first five minutes, I was like, fuck, I got to put this in my top five, don't I? It was like, just watching <laughs> it. Whole, just goddamn it, Spider-Verse. Damn it, I really enjoy yeah. this movie. Fuck, damn. It's so good. It's so good. Um, but yeah, the, the cold open uh, with Gwen and her dad, the acting, the actual performance that they're getting out of these models uh, and the vocal performances that are accompanying them, like uh, Shea Wiggum as uh, Captain Sp- Stacy. Uh, and obviously, uh, you know, we got uh, Hawkeye Jr. Kate Bishop there as as, as Spider-Girl. Uh, sorry, Ghost Spider, Spider-Gwen. Um, and it's just like, fuck, dude, it's operating on a level that other animated films just did not even approach this year. So uh, even other films is obviously because it's number two on the total fucking film list. So across the Spider-Verse, Miles Morales, the story continues. Some absolutely wonderful work uh, from everybody across the board, including uh, my wife's uh, favorite and many women's favorite Oscar Isaac uh, as the, the, the Miguel O'Hara be toothed Spidey 2099. So, and the way they man. animated the back of that man. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. So he's, he's, he's got he's got a perk butt and he's got a wide back. So what do you want? <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Mr. Green, what is your number two? My number two was my number one until September. And Chris just said it all. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. This was my number one film all year long from the moment it came out up until September. So from uh, June to September, to be specific. Yeah, it just, it was just, yeah, it was, uh, it was funny how this list worked because Blackberry was my number one and then it was supplanted by Spider-Man and then Spider-Man got supplanted itself and uh, it almost, Godzilla almost did it, but it was like after I did the math, it didn't quite work out, but Spider-Man just, yeah, for everything Chris said and, you know, and it's just like the only thing about Spider-Man that I don't like is the fact that I still have to wait like two years for the next film. And it's just, if you're lucky two years, that part. Yeah. yeah, I'm just like, oh, but yeah, everything, the relationships, the acting, everything in that film is just spectacular. The there spot. you go. My pick <laughs> oh, for number two. <laughs> my pick for number two is actually one that's already been mentioned. Uh, Past Lives, a story of like a love story of two people that as children were torn apart by distance, space, moving, whatnot. And then the attempts to reconnect and rekindle. And it's just the idea of love at the wrong time and kind of the realization of what could have been. It is a heartbreaking film. It is a beautiful film. And it's such a simple film. And sometimes in simple stories like this where it's just about human emotion, that's where the best movies come from. This, this one was for me, it was struggling between one and two with my number one the entire time. So let's get to our number one, the best movie of 2023, Petula. American fiction. 
one of the few movies I saw at the festival. Uh, Jeffrey Wright giving Jeffrey Wright mm-hmm. and that voice and everything else. Tracy Ellis Ross, John Ortiz, Eric Alexander, Leslie Uggams. You may know her as Deadpool's roommate. Adam mm-hmm. Brody, Issa Rae, Sterling K. Brown having so much fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is, the marketing is very much focusing on the literary farce, which is great, but there's also a whole family story. There's one man coming to terms with his own perceptions of other people's perceptions of what it is to be black. And it's fantastic. Oh yeah, definitely. Really enjoyed that one at the festival. Chris, what is your number one? Man, my number one actually surprised me because I wasn't, I fucking didn't see it in the theater. I wasn't really going to watch it, but I ended up uh, renting it on digital. And uh, man, I, I actually, I just, I loved it. It was Oppenheimer, which I wasn't really excited to see at all. Like I didn't give a shit. Like I know I'm a, a history buff. I know a lot about what happened with the Manhattan Project, but and it wasn't. And so like, it wasn't necessarily the things that they were telling us that I already knew it was the performances. It was that the performances across the board were so good in that movie that uh, I just couldn't, even though it was three hours long, it, it went by so quickly. I thought Killian Murphy was absolutely unbelievable. And I really enjoy him. I think he's an excellent actor, but he was doing some things in this movie that were uh, astounding. And like, and I did not know that we basically were getting a parallel co-lead story starring Robert Downey Jr. Uh, I thought that was going to kind of be like a secondary sort of back, you know, something in the in the corner of this film. But and, and it's a reminder of how good and listen, everybody loves Downey as Iron Man and Tony Stark. And that's what brought him back to the game and all that shit. But I feel like this this is a movie where it's a big stage. It's a big part. And it's a great reminder of just how good Robert Downey Jr. can be. Uh, when he's not just playing Robert Downey Jr. So uh, I just, uh, yeah, for those, for the performances, for the story, I really enjoyed the direction of it as well, the look of the film. Oppenheimer, man, number one. There you go. It's fun when actors actually act. It's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Green, what is your pick for number one? Um, it quite simply was a film that I didn't really know about until it actually basically came out. Uh, and we... Did not cover it on the show, and that is The Creator, a film oh, yeah. about um, uh, directed by uh, Gareth Edwards, and uh, just you know, it's talking about uh, a, a, a not too distant future in which humanity and AI have gone uh, to battle, and it doesn't uh, doesn't take the angle that most of that type of film would take, and in which case, uh, which I really loved, which is that humans are the fucking villains of this piece and i love it uh because well humanity is a dirty dirty just fucking species period i I, the more i get older the more i realize i think agent smith might be right um it's the smell yeah uh but yeah no the creator was was uh it's a fantastic film that uh i really hope uh continues a, a thing in hollywood with making films for reasonable amounts of money because what they do with the budget that they had to make a film that looks like every other massive blockbuster that came out this year and they did it on 80 million dollars really shows what strong creative vision can do in film and uh gareth edwards deserves a lot of credit for that and i really hope that he gets it and i hope hollywood gets it but i know they won't because they suck um much like the humanity that's uh depicted in this film 
But uh, and of course, uh, Denzel's son, uh, you know, Washington Jr. There is just fucking killing it. That guy. I love this guy. I love I loved his father. I'm loving him now in everything that he does. So it's great seeing him do that. And the ca- the rest of the cast is fantastic. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, Mr. Green would also like to say he, for one, welcomes our robot overlords. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goddamn for, right I do. For me, my my number one is something that if you've listened to the show, you know that every time I didn't like a film, I suggested you go watch this film instead, and that is Blackberry, directed by Matt Johnson. Great performances, as mentioned earlier, by Glenn Harrelton, Jay Baruchel, um, just tons of great moments in this. It's a drama. It's a comedy. And what I also love is that there's a bunch of great character actors that pop up in this, like Saul Rubinek, Michael Ironside. And the whole reason why they were cast is Matt Johnson was like, everybody goes, oh, Black Bear. Oh, that's actually a Canadian thing? So he wanted to cast actors that people, Americans, would have the same reaction to. Oh, wait a second. Michael Ironside's Canadian? Saul Rubinek's Canadian? So I really enjoyed that little tidbit as well. It is an amazing film. And definitely worth checking out. Yep. Now we're going to bang through our special categories with the best superhero movie of the year. Patula. She was a good dog. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. Chris. Spider-Verse. Miss Green. Spider-Verse. And for me, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3 as well. Now to the best action film of the year, Patula. John Wick 4, specifically The Stairs. <laughs> Chris? John Wick 4. Specifically, every fight. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Green? Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And for me, it's Sisu. Yeah. Best animated film. I have a feeling I know what the answer is going to be from a lot of people. Petula? Spider-Verse. Chris? Spider-Verse. Mr. Green? I'm going to go right off. It's element. No, it's Spider-Verse. Of course, it's Spider-Verse. <laughs> of course, it's spider- it, yes. Spider-Verse across the spider, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse all around right there. Uh, best genre film, horror, sci-fi, Petula. If only for the tagline, we can't all die first, the blackening. <laughs> that was a good Chris? movie, yeah. Talk to me. Mr. Green. Uh, the Creator. And for me, it is also The Blackening. That is a hilarious film. Uh, moving on now to Best Comedy, though. Petula, what's your pick? Joyride. So filthy. <laughs> Chris. Teenage, Mutant, Ninja, Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. Mr. Green. <laughs> Mine uh, was going to be Dungeons and Dragons, but then I, I realized it really should be Blackberry because it is one of the funniest movies this year. It- <laughs> It is very funny, but my pick actually, my pick was almost Joyride, but it was, it ended up being No Hard Feelings because I was surprised at how, how much fun I had at that film. Now, most surprising film of the year, Petula. Saltburn, because I was warned and I was still surprised. <laughs> Chris. Dungeons and Dragons. Mr. Green. D&D. And for me, it was Priscilla. Really dug that film. Now, finally, with our best director, Patula. Celine Song for Past Lives and ripping my heart into teeny tiny little pieces over and over again. There you go, Chris. Uh, Greta Gerwig. Mr. Green. Uh, Mine is uh, Matt Johnson for Blackberry. 
And mine is also for Celine's song for past lives, specifically because she told such a heartbreaking film, and it was her first fucking film. She knocked it out of the park the first time on her first feature. Amazing. All right, well, that brings us to the end of our best of the best movies of 2023. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we might have a few picks for 2024 for you. Who knows? Stay tuned. This is Geek Heart. Hey everybody, Jimmy the Short Order Cook here, asking you, what's better than listening to Geek Heart? Answer, listen to Geek Heart while wearing a Geek Heart t-shirt. And there's a place you can get them, at tpublic.com slash user slash Geek Heart. We got a bunch of great shirts there. We got Geek Heart shirts, we got a Mr. Green's Tasty Meat shirt, hell, we got a Back Issue Bloodbath shirt. For all your geek needs with your geek merch, you want to go to tpublic.com slash user slash geekart. I'm not just asking you. I'm telling you. Welcome back to Geek Hard on GeekHardShow.com. Now back to your hosts, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Hard's Best of the Best of 2023. Andrew Young, Mr. Green, Tula Neal, and Chris Johnson here. And we're finishing off the old program with... Our picks for the future. What things are we most excited for to see in 2024? Petula, what do you got? Arcane Season 2 is pretty much all I'm staying alive for. Uh, a movie that could end up being really dumb, but might not be. I don't know if it's is it a movie show. I think it's going to be a movie. American Society of Magical Negroes. Uh, <laughs> okay. It's about a young uh, man who gets recruited into basically the american society of uh, magical negroes and it'll probably end up being either really terrible or completely unhinged and awesome there we go chris what are your picks uh deadpool 3 because like come on man we're getting hugh jackman in the yellow blue suit so stoked to see that I'm sure it's gonna be nuts ghostbusters because it looks like it's a live action version of the animated series and i'm stoked to see what's going on there uh and the bob marley movie like I, i'm just really interested to see what's going on with that uh there's also a movie called love lies bleeding that uh, looks really interesting. It looks like kind of like a '90s, uh, like like I don't know, like a '90s kind of trashy uh, crime thriller. So I'm interested to see how that goes. All righty, Mr. Green. All right, uh, Star Trek Discovery, Andor, X Men '97, Daredevil: Born Again, Avatar: The Last Airbender, Ghostbusters: Frozen Empire, Dune Part Two, Godzilla: Kong, The New Empire, Furiosa, and surprisingly, The Fall Guy. But also, if The Bad Bash season three comes out, that would be amazing. All right, Daredevil. Daredevil's actually got pushed another year, but hopefully Woo! maybe what? something will happen. Yeah, it's not coming out this year. God um, damn it. For me, <sighs> X-Men 97 and Furiosa, very excited about both those things as well. Well, we've come to the end of the program. I want to thank Petula Neal and Mr. Chris Johnson for coming on the program. Mr. Green, why don't you tell the good folks where they can find us? 
Well, as always, if you like what we do here, you can find more content over at patreon.com slash ski card. And for everybody who participates in that right now, we thank you guys ever so much. You are a big part of why we continue to be on the air. So thank you. Mm. <laughs> That's good, wow. Andrew. Andrew. Andrew's got the mm. uh, Yeah, Andrew. Andrew really likes it. Uh, if you like additional content, you can always find that through YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Yes, even Pinterest. Search Geek Heart Show on any of those platforms. You'll find us there. Of course, check out our website, geekheartshow.com, for more news, reviews, and this very show, which is available on Mondays after 2 p.m. But if you don't remember that, because we're super forgetful like I am, the best way that you can hear us is to do what, Andrew? Is to subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice. And uh, while you're there, leave a five-star rating and review. Absolutely. Of course, that is, we would love that too. We would absolutely love that. And if you want to continue the conversation with us, you can always email us, geekardshow at gmail.com. All righty. I want to thank Patula and Chris once again for coming on the program. For Mr. Green, this is Andrew Young saying, if you're going to geek out, you might as well geek hard. Thank you for listening to Geekard right here on geekardshow.com.